0: What is up ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Marketing Podcast. And today we're going to flip things on their head. We like disruptors in the industry. We like bringing them on the show. We like seeing what they're doing. We like outside the box thinking. We like doing everything that is done the complete opposite of what the traditional norm is as well. And today we got a good doozy for you. Um, What we're going to be talking about today is sort of a new look at real estate brokerage. And folks, we're seeing this all over the country regardless of what state or what side of the country reside in. Um, what's interesting is that, yeah, real estate brokerage is changing and the brokerage model is totally changing. And we brought on a guest today that's going to talk about, he's going to share their model with us and sort of it's almost like he created a real estate brokerage on accident. But I really like what they're doing because what fuels his real estate brokerages are other businesses that they own. And that's the key that I think is very interesting here. And it's something that I think you guys need to pay attention to. And if not, tell your brokers to. So without further ado, we're going to go ahead and uh, introduce our guest. This is Mr. Jason Lewis out of Denver, Colorado, or the Denver area. How you doing, bud? Hey,
1: good. Thanks for having me on. It's, uh, it's
0: quite a pleasure. We enjoy it. Jason, um, before we get started, we start this off by you telling our listeners a little bit more about yourself, who you are. And then we're going to get right into this, what you're doing.
1: Yeah. So Jason Lewis, uh, I'm CEO, managing broker of EcoSpace. Uh, we're a full service real estate brokerage development investment company here in Denver. Um, I got my start in the early 2000s, uh, during college, stayed, uh, around instead of going home for a Christmas break, I stayed and took uh, two more weeks of real estate classes so I could start interning at a commercial real estate brokerage uh, shop in Kansas City I went to KU. So luckily, I kind of knew at a very young age, I was into real estate sales, um, started a few businesses when I was younger in junior high, high school. So just had the pleasure of kind of knowing from the beginning that uh, this path was where I was supposed to be walking. And you started, this is what's interesting about this folks. We're going to sort of go through how this sort of evolved,
0: but you actually started in the commercial business. You're not by trade or or by pass a residential brokerage. You're actually started a residential brokerage
1: somewhat on accident to fuel the commercial brokerage, right? Correct. Correct. So in college, when I was looking at different avenues, the real estate. I knew that I was kind of the business guy. I got the numbers, was, you know, going through business school. I'd done other businesses. I didn't have a lot of patience. I was a farm kid. I didn't quite understand kind of, you know, the kind of that house paint mentality of people making a decision based on what color the uh, house color was. I just, I didn't understand it. I looked at it as, could you make money living in that home as an investment? Could you buy that property uh, and add value to it? So, there was just no way I could have done residential brokerage in my early 20s, especially in, in college. So I went ahead and went the commercial route. That was 8-to-5 job. I still had the evening and weekends to go do my thing, You know, be a young 20-year-old young enjoying life. And then during the day, I could go out and just hustle as hard as I wanted to work, uh, the, the more commissions and the bigger they were. So I focused on the commercial side because they were 8-to-5 and it allowed me at an evening and weekends to then invest all of that money into the real estate game, mainly in the residential and and um, and some farm ground and some other real estate investments in the early twenties. So. so,
0: what type of commercial are we talking about? Because you started off as a broker, a commercial yep. broker. So, what type of commercial? Yep. Doing yeah. So,
1: my focus was office tenant rep. I went the route where I could go to an office building uh, and know that the average lease is three or five years. So, on average, every four years, the tenant will turn. So, if you go into a building and it's a hundred thousand feet, you know that. Essentially, on average twenty five thousand square feet will be turning each year, needing to be renewed or relocated. so it's simply just a statistics game of the more doors you knock on, the more calls you make, the more deals you know you can get. You actually literally know kind of on average exactly when uh, tenants are turning, and then you know what their commission structure. It's based on a percentage of overall lease rate, or here in Denver it's per square foot. A dollar amount, you know, per year on the commission. Um, but either way it's you can you can calculate it in your head, knowing exactly how many square feet the building is, average twenty five percent of that turning, and then average the rental rates and you know right away what your potential of that building is before you walk in the door.
0: Tell me this. How does a user or how does an office building broker lead to a residential brokerage?
1: Yep. So how that kind of came about was I, I started buying and renting uh, my own portfolio uh, for the past 15 years. And now we got 50 plus you know, doors at this point. So we started a few years ago selling off um, some of our own assets because we were turning them from singles to duplexes, fourplexes. And I just, we then had to figure it out because I have my license. So I had to figure out how I could sell my own stuff. So literally, I was just like, why pay another broker that's not going to hustle? I'll hustle way harder than them. And uh, it's not rocket science on the resi world. Um, So we just kind of brought on some in-house staff to kind of help that. And then ultimately, when my commercial clients started hearing that I owned a lot of residential and I was buying and selling for myself, they all started saying, hey, I need a house or I want to buy a rental or I want to buy a fix and flip or I want to invest. So, at the beginning, when I was younger, I didn't tell any of my commercial clients about that simply because it hurt our brand. We had to go after big, big wig CEOs, and us being a Resi. Resi commercial or Resi coms, sometimes brokerage shops they call them. I kind of hurt hurt that brand. So, but after a while, I realized that that's what people wanted to talk about. They didn't want to talk about the office space. No, um
0: very interesting, folks. I got to re- stop him right there and make sure you're all fo- sort of following this. All right, so here comes uh Jason, young young guy graduates college, goes into commercial brokerage. The biggest question a lot of realtors I see in a lot of the in the Facebook groups is like, well, why the fuck aren't you investing in your own shit? Like, how are you not investing in your own trade, right? And so he went out and started buying his own properties himself. And what he ended up finding out after he started buying his own properties was like, shoot, I need someone to go out and sell these for us. But the, Properties that you bought, and there's a good friend of mine in in, uh, Los Angeles. uh, His name is Mike Bjorkman. He's a big EXP guy. He's a good friend of mine. He manages about 250, 350 doors. Well, his property management company fuels a boatload of his residential business. So, in yours, I, I could, folks, this is human to human interaction. Like, Jason is forced to go out and talk to more people because he's a principal owner of 50 doors. That means those 50 people are probably going to turn over every one to two years. And if they're not buying they're renting somewhere, so that fuels some of his brokerage right off the bat. But what's interesting here is that the relationships made through the office buildings. Remember, everybody lives somewhere. It's not a matter of if they're going to move. It's a matter of when they're going to move. And statistically, that's five to seven years. It varies depending where you're at in the nation. But so when did you, um, I want to make sure everyone catches is on the same page with that. So let's keep going here. So you start buying your own portfolio and you're like, Oh God, I yep. got to, I got to hire, I got to get my license. So I need someone else to sell our stuff. So that started off as just you selling your stuff. And yep. what did you start to see by marketing your own stuff?
1: Yeah, I really, we, we have no marketing for residential. Most people don't even know we really have it. It's just kind of, it's word of mouth. And when I go, we sit down with a, a financial advising firm, Arc, Commercial division last week. We've done the last two renewals and we sat down to two new principals that bought um, the retiring advisors um, this last year. And we sat down to talk to them about the office leasing world. So, because now all of a sudden they have a lease that is now in their name and a lease coming up in a year and a half. We talked commercial for part of the time. And then all of a sudden the guy, uh, we get to chatting, and we find out that the, one of the new principals, his house is in uh, MX three, which is mixed use zoning. So then the next conversation, actually, it goes down the route of, wow. So you're telling me I possibly could like office out of my house because it has the zoning that allows it, or I could rent it and I could, you know, so all of a sudden it, it, it became a residential and or investing conversation, not an office because there's only so much you can talk about of office space. It's, it's yeah, it's nice.
0: very cut and dry. It's numbers yeah. either make money or you don't, right? Like, for sure, you like I need, you don't it's very really just boilerplate.
1: I need 2,000 feet for three years, three offices, conference room, reception, break room, and my budget's 18 to 22 dollars a square foot in this submarket. Find it here's six spaces, tour them. We choose this one, negotiate it, move, done.
0: And okay. Here's what's interesting is that most brokerages go the opposite way.
1: Yep, yeah, for sure. And Right Remax on. all of them are going, they're adding the commercial divisions. Remax yeah. commercial, um, Keller Williams commercial, all of them now are starting to, to go the op- opposite way simply because they a lot of their resi clients do have commercial needs, you know, and they have yeah. 250, 350,
0: 550 brokers. Yeah, and it's not a $250,000 house either. It's yeah. more like the $250 million. Or <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, we're dealing with more bigger principles, uh, Interesting. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and um, so on, on. Your comment about your connection, uh, you had mentioned it has uh, a couple hundred doors or so. Does does he offer an incentive on his for his property management that if they want to buy a home, he'll let them out of the? Um, I'm not their, sure.
0: I'm sure he does. I don't know yeah. the details, but the, the, I would I would imagine so. Yeah, I think that's a given. I'm pretty sure he's gonna do. Yeah,
1: it. but it's it's honestly it's really surprising how many people or brokers that manage two or three or four or five of their own units that don't have that as their top sales pitch in their lease that will let you out of your lease at any given time. If you use us to find your home and then people, it's just crazy that that's not one of your top pitches. I, I, you fill a home and your downside, essentially, if you're down, if you're renting it for 1500 a month and you're, you have a a down month of, of one month, that's $1,500 of, that it cost you to acquire that lead. And right. here in Denver, where the average home is five hundred thousand dollars, two point eight percent commission, you know, you're looking at thirteen thousand dollar commission. So your cost acquisition cost, you know, on that lead and or actual transaction is right. fifteen hundred bucks, you know? Folks, I would pay fifteen hundred all
0: day. Did you get that, you guys? Write that down. If not, press rewind and record. That's that's very interesting. So like the way I could tell. Jason, Jace, Jace and I just met. All right. Uh, most of the people come on the show. We just meet like right now, but I could tell by looking at him and reading his body language that this guy knows his fucking numbers, man. This guy's sharp. He's smart. And
1: what's really that is I, 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 on the residential. I, I will make this statement because we're talking resi commercial and people, maybe they're just trying to decide which avenue or route they want to go. I can't show my friends or my clients, uh, on the resi. I can't do it. Um, I offend them, you know, I make them awkward. Word because they ultimately say they want to buy an investment. They want to get it, they want to house hack, which I absolutely, that's a whole nother podcast in itself. You know, house hacking is so, with they haven't bought a house yet, just that, you know, hack it and do the Airbnb or split it or rent it out. I, I have properties we rent out, the, they have workshops and back. So I know what I can get for a workshop. And, you know, I double the revenue because that they have, I can rent them the workshops and back out behind the house and rent the house out in front for normal but anyway will will go into that what why look at those houses i see all that they ultimately say they want that but when they get out touring they ultimately find that them and their their wife or their husband they just want a home you know and that that they feel they, i make them feel guilty that they just want to pay top dollar and get into a bidding war for that flipped home and because they fall in love with it you know yeah just the emotional really doesn't want on our fix and flip. And that's where we can push market is those type of buyers. Yeah. We're going to get into the fix and flips. I I, yeah. I think that's the future, but
0: tell me this. So obviously you're approaching your positioning here. And if I'm, tell me if I'm right or wrong, but your positioning here is like, Hey, I'm a, I'm an investor friendly number centric real estate agent. Yeah. And yeah. we know our shit. So like for us, it's all about the investment. I don't care what yep. you buy or where you buy yep. I care what you buy. Right. For sure. And that whole positioning is extremely powerful folks. And I honestly, like, what does it take to get a real estate license today? You need a piece of paper, and you take a bunch of, you answer a bunch of questions that you never actually use in real practice. Yeah. And, and you know the problem is most of these agents can't even open the freaking lockbox. So it's like we yeah. have to do better to to secure our value. And do you really think people are going to second guess Jason's agents when they're talking about cap rights, cash and cash return versus like granite countertops and stainless steel appliances? I mean. I bet you if you, I don't know how you train or or, or get your agents, but I bet you that they're scripted to talk numbers as an investment specialist, no differently than a financial planner is for a 401k.
1: Yep. But, and as I was mentioning though, you if you're getting started, you have to know that if you're pushing a home as an investment, it's. Going to offend people and make them feel awkward, and they will literally fire you and go with the the older residential lady who will just sell you on the dream of homeownership and the have no hair. idea about numbers whatsoever. And we we found this year we were fired a few times because, and we asked them on follow up, which we do with every client, um, you know what what happened and how how they uh, like or dislike it. Most time it's like, but um, we found out that we just made them feel the awkward because. They just wanted a home. So that's just something to choose. I think if you're going a commercial route or resi, if you go in numbers, choose which route, how you want to handle your clients um, and know your, your client. Sure. So, and here,
0: here's the overall point here is like, it doesn't matter if Jason had a commercial department or a property management company or a taco restaurant or that what he's, what we're bringing to light here is that whatever other business he has it'll fuel a residential brokerage because he's able to start relationships and conversations with the people that work or own or live in those very different businesses, right? Yep. Like everybody lives somewhere. So let's say if you opened up a coffee shop, you know, maybe your barista needs to buy a new house or something. I don't know. Yep. But
1: our, 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 broker, our broker, Nick, just got his hair cut at Floyd's 99 or some some franchise. Yep. and yeah, uh, I, he just, I love that place. <laughs> he's uh, just told him yesterday that she wants to buy a house and ask the price, you know, four hundred K. So he went went and got a fifteen dollar or twenty-four dollar haircut. He tips pretty decent, you know, just to who he is and he knows that'll pay off. And he is now going to get uh out of a haircut of four hundred K, hopefully purchase priced home. So it
0: doesn't matter what business. So let's apply this to an individual agent. Um so say you're there, maybe you could I always liked the idea of having a brokerage in a coffee shop. I thought that's genius. Uh, yeah. I started my first job off at a mall. I used to sell houses yep. out of water tower mall in Chicago and nice. I used to meet people on a kiosk and yep. because all the listings were there, I was forced to talk to them and that's all lead gen is is a conversation start. People either yep. like you or you don't. And if you yep. start the conversation off right and you're having your a game, you're going to convert that deal. Um, For sure. so let's talk about a couple other things because now you start, so you get in there, folks, you get in there, you start realizing, wow, the commercial business and the now property management can really fuel a residential brokerage. But then you started and you created this fix and list program, which yep. I I think I know what you're doing, but I want to make sure it's the same thing that I'm thinking because I love the fix and lift programs. Walk me through that.
1: Yeah. So we have our, our, all, all of our holds. So, um, which is we've had since early 2000, 2004, 2005, first acquisitions. And then when the market started, um, to, to, turn for the better, it actually turned for the worse on our long-term holds because the purchase prices skyrocketed and the rental rates went up, but not, not you know, equivalently. So our GRM, gross rent multiplier, no longer really made sense to hold them. So houses we were finding off market or word of mouth, um, our commercial clients, you know, would tell us one of their employees needed to sell a house or something. So we started to have to flip them because that was really the only way they made sense um, to buy was to rehab and take advantage of the high high sales prices here in Denver. We were averaging like 250 during the downturn, 200. Now we're over 500. Easily doubled to triple in most sub markets here in Denver in the last five, six years. So um, we started doing that. We do about five or six at a time now, have a crew and a project manager and that just gives us when we find a deal, our whole thing mission statement is value add. Anything we do, both relationship and real estate is is to add value somehow, some way. And now now that's just one more avenue to make sure that if we find a deal, we can do it. Either buy it to hold, buy it to flip, broker it, wholesale yep. it, whatever it takes.
0: I love it. When before I got out of production in Chicago, like I hate lead Gen, I hate yep. I hated cold quality, I hated prospecting, but The one version I did like of it was, this is what drives me nuts, guys, is like, you see all these rehabbers and wholesalers literally finding properties for pennies on the dollar, but yet you can't find a real estate agent that can retail properties like 60 years, right? So it makes no sense. So what we did is we just copied the, the, you know, the rehabber model, direct mail, four four in a row, every seven days, absentee owners, uh, highly targeted list. And the reason why we wanted that, we're like, well, shit, if we're going to spend money on lead gen, I'm going to get two sales out of it, right? Yeah. And not only that, just the leverage that comes from it. So Jason's a developer. He's going to go out and buy as a principal. And you know, one, two things are happening. Probably, and I'm not psychic, Jason's people have the same numbers, but what, 10% of deals, 8 to 10% of deals you actually see work for you? Does that sound right?
1: Um, that? Probably here in Denver, I would say maybe even less you know just because if if they haven't sold at this point they haven't sold for a reason they understand where the market is a couple of years ago people didn't it's even imagine. lower than what's yeah, that it's even lower yeah than. so
0: five yeah. percent now what do you do with all of those listings there is no better script in the world than to walk up to a seller who wants to sell their house and say hey i like this house it's nice um The problem is, is that I would only pay you a hundred thousand, and the truth is, if you just put it on the market and retail it, you'll probably get a hundred and thirty.
1: Yep. Like, is that your script? It used to be we we would go in and try to buy it first, you know. And we have being licensed uh, when you're when you're a fix and flipper, a wholesaler, and you're not licensed, you don't fall in the regulations of the state's real estate, you know, commission. So we have to play a little little more nice, I guess you could say, and uh, a little more upstanding citizen. Uh, which we would do it anyway, but you know, we have we're forced to fall under certain guidelines of what we can and can't say and how we can represent ourselves. So, you know, we'd come in and say we're representing ourselves as a buyer and we'd like to buy your house as is. So at the beginning we were finding that we couldn't really convert those because we were giving them an offer that was too low. And then we they would say, no, I want full price. And then we would try to then say, oh, well we'll list it for that. And it really kind of it, it, it confused him. You had to be one or the other. You either had to be the person buying it or the broker trying to get top dollar. We were trying to do both. So we learned that, you know, that script we had to kind of come in and turn it where, Hey, we'll buy it. We're going to buy it as is, and we'll pay you this. Or if you want top dollar and go through the headache and hassle and staging and the time and all that, we can get you this. So very similar to what you said, we, we had to, what's that? Options. Yes. Yeah. And at yeah. the beginning, we were just coming in trying to buy it first. And then if we couldn't buy it, then we would try to get the listing and literally yeah, now it's the, the
0: options up front.
1: Yeah. You have to yeah, be totally. transparent. Totally. So.
0: And then, yeah. That builds a trust. Like, Hey, if we buy it, this is our offer price. If we're retail, this is this, but yep. you're going to have 6% commission minus closing costs and all this. So here's yep. a net on this. Here's a net on that. Which one yep. you want to do? We could do yep. whatever.
1: Yep, and I tried. I was thinking that that would uh, push people away, and and it, you know, we definitely wouldn't get anything bought. Brings them in, um, bring yeah, yeah. So totally brings sure. them in. Um, yep. that's how we. That's it, took, it took a while. It took a while to realize that, and to finally, you know, make that switch. So it's a funny um, story. I was actually in Denver when I learned that, um, and it was
0: because I was at a marketing conference, and I had lunch with a guy that worked at some camp store. He ran their marketing department, and me and him had a conversation and he proceeded to tell me, Hey, I just sold my house. And I'm like, instantly, anytime I hear it, I, I get out my pen. I write notes. Cause I, I like to hear about the experience. I'm like, so how was it? Where you, did you like how, what agent you use? First thing he says to me, he goes, she fucking sucked. I said, why, yeah. you know, why did she suck so bad? Right. And, and it ended up saying is that she just came in and didn't give him options. And she didn't, she just said, this is the way it's going to be 6%. Don't worry about everything else. I got it. And she left, signed yeah. the paperwork, listed it on the MLS property sold in two hours. She didn't really do much yeah and I felt jaded. he felt ripped oh, off, sure for uh, sure, so instantly, I went home and I changed my presentation that day to the options, and I put together a five percent option, a six percent option, and another option and yep. since then, I never got asked to take uh my commission's underward yep. under, but same thing on the rehabs it's just people want options, folks. that is such a valuable tip that you'd be amazed so
1: here and just the- honesty up front because yeah, totally. it'll
0: i so. Totally. It's, like you have multiple options for them yeah. and most yeah. think about how many exit plans that the traditional broker shows up with. It's typically yeah. one. I'll list yeah. your house for sale and this is what I can do. But yeah. when you walk in there, so I wanna throw this at you. Are you guys using your fix and flip rehab money to allow current homeowners to sell their houses for
1: more money? And flip their own houses. Meaning are we will we come in and help and rehab and then Third option, them, so, and then they get top dollar themselves. Third option, like here, as yep. is, I'll buy it here. Option number
0: two, yep. we listen to this current rehab. But I get that you, you, and ninety nine percent of the other sellers believe that your yep. house is worth one hundred thousand dollars more. Now it's not in today's condition, but here is what I can do: we can rehab your whole kitchen. It's going to cost thirty G's. You have that? Yep. They're going to say no. Yep. Well, here is our other option. See what I mean?
1: And yep. that—that's exactly uh, as I uh, was anticipating the question. Uh, to mean and that and the answer is yes and and no the the answer is yes we kind of do that in a sense and but the issue is 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 labor here in Denver it's such a short shortage and yeah. then it you just you can't find labor pools so what was happening was we were pulling our our crew that does our fix and flip which gives us you know our and off and then it just from permitting and licensing when it's our own stuff it's it was just, it, that's ultimately the goal is to have that, especially during the downturn, the next downturn, when people might not be able to get the price that they want. So they're going to maybe just need to stay in it. So that's where we really want to focus on that third option is not. You, you could hit a 7% listing all day on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, it's, it's, it's
0: a great model. I'm seeing a lot, lot, lot more of them. San Diego here, there's a couple companies that that's all they do. Yeah. Um, but before I got here, even I uh, had a friend of mine that has a company in Chicago, and that's what they do—they're rehabbers. Them two yep. are, are similar. They're rehabbers that accidentally started a brokerage because yep. they realized the leverage of of leveraging their current assets they're working on for coming soon's, yep. um, open houses, and all of that. And sure. they ended up creating because they're rehabbers and contractors by trade. They created a program called fix and list fix and list is just, they help people flip their own houses, which I'll give you guys a quick tip. That's the lowest cost per click I ever had when I marketed flip your own house. Because people are like, what do you mean flip your own house? It's a great, great headline. So the point is, is that they're able to say, hey, I, we know that everyone's, everyone thinks their house is worth more than it is. Yep. Right? So we're going to pre-anticipate that and offer the solution to make that happen. Now the inconvenience is they may have to move out. They may have to work yeah. around their schedule, but Hey, if you want to make a hundred grand, you know, you gotta be a little uncomfortable for a little bit. Oh, right? for sure. So it's a fair trade off. And that's, I love that. That's really cool. Yeah. Awesome. What other businesses are you seeing that any other businesses you have in, and you're still primarily a commercial brokerage?
1: Yeah. I would say now, or res, it's probably 50, 50 resi commercial at this point. I don't know the top of my head. I, I should probably know exactly, you know, we're, where uh, that percentage was last year, but so we're we're I would say give or take around that fifty fifty at this point. So um, and what really swings that is the commercial side can have big pops. You know that you can have a six figure commission. Um, so if you get one or two of those a year or three or four, um, that's a huge swing on the commercial side. So it really kind of tweaks those numbers. Um, so a couple you know we'll we'll get some of those, but if we just get one or two extra, it can it can be a a big, big swing on the commercial side where you don't really see that on the resi side as much the average home, you know, it's going to be a, say a 12, to $15,000 commission, give or take. So, um, and you can do a couple more, but that's not going to be life altering. Whereas you could get that massive pop on the commercial side. Yep.
0: Any other um, businesses you see opportunity in? And it's yeah. almost like like real estate agents can fuel any business. <laughs> it's just yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. really can fuel. It, it's an a brokerage to me today is a bolt on service to what you're already doing. Yep, and it's just a it's a profit maximizer.
1: Yeah, you yeah. want to it. Yeah, and when, that's why we added the property management. Going back, you know, to that comment about you know being able to offer um, people to get out of their their lease, and then it gives them a reason when they want to get out of their lease because they want to go do something different or buy a home. They're like, Hey, you, you didn't use us. So sorry, per your lease, you got to stick with, uh, your, your, uh, buyout clause of one or two months or whatever it might be, because you had the full right to use us if you wanted out and to get out of that free. So it even makes the the inside a little easier, um, because it's more cut and dry. We don't, you know, we gave you the option to get out of it free and you chose not to. It's a really good, uh, it's a really good offer. Very, very cool. I'd say the new builds is also where we're finding opportunities is because now even a fix and flips have become so difficult, holds became difficult. fix and flips because everyone got in the game, bigger pockets and all that, you know and then so now um we just have to be a little more knowledgeable. Um, the next step it up even more, and now that that's new builds, so it's that that's a barrier to entry that's that used to be investing. then it was fix and flip, and now the barrier entry' is kind of the basis is figuring out how to turn a piece of dirt or an old house into, you know, try, but there's always a way. Yeah.
0: Right. And I think that's the main lesson that you guys should take away from this is that thinking outside the box, a little bit of creativity, um, really stepping back and looking at your business like a business. If you think you're working a job still, um, sorry to tell you that you're not, you're running a business. (laughs) So sorry to break the news to you, but uh, if you want to make it in this career, that I mean, honestly, that's the mindset you need to have. Very, very cool. Uh, Jason, I want to go through right at that half hour mark. I want to go through and uh, leave the floor to you. Uh, I don't know if you maybe you need more. You're looking for agents possibly in your Denver market, but go ahead and if our listeners want to contact you, feel free to leave your info, but I'll go ahead
1: and give it to you. Yeah. I, my, my thing is anyone who's listened to this, it's that, that means you've listened, uh, 30 minutes in. So just congrats for just trying to listen and, and learn as much as you can, whether it's from a random guy like myself in Denver or someone on another podcast or a blog or whatever it might be. So just congrats on trying to, to learn as much as you can and get to the next level. And I would say kind of the second, this little shout out is I I do these on occasion. And the response that I get of people actually reaching out is uh, astronomically low. And it's a, we have a full resource of brokerage development, hard money loans, land. I have oil and gas leases. I have house hacks. I have rentals and you know, all over, I'm happy to help. Um, And I probably maybe get one or two people that might reach out so that no, whether it's me or wherever, don't listen to this for 30 minutes and then not do anything. You know, I think that's where we have got our success is just reaching out to people. So just if you're going to read the book or listen to the podcast and follow through and give it that 100% because that's where the value add and the money is right there. So make the call and then go knock on the door. Just don't do one, you know, or the other. So, so that, that's kind of my suggestion tip, if that makes sense. So we
0: appreciate you sharing uh, today and you guys should definitely be writing it down. And we thank you for listening to another episode of the real estate marketing dude podcast. Excellent. Folks, you know where to find me. Very, very easy. And If you don't know what you do, now you do because what we do is create video content for you. We're a bolt-on media company that can plug into your office, plug into your business model, create content that'll actually make you look good that is not about a bunch of talking heads talking about boring stuff no one cares about. So if you're interested in building your personal brand with video content, you know exactly how to find us. You can reach us at RealestateMarketingDude.com Take the free training, sign up for the course and read through the blog. We got a lot of content on top of our site and I think you will enjoy it. But thank you for listening and show us some love. Subscribe to this podcast. Go ahead and leave a comment. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, our Instagram, Facebook. We're always therealestatemarketingdude.com. Jason, we appreciate you very much. Thank you for sharing. And uh, we look forward to seeing you soon.
1: Excellent. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.
0: Today's episode may be over, but we have plenty more to keep you busy. To get your complete blueprint for building out a real marketing plan for your real estate business, head over to realestatemarketingdude.com and see if you have what it takes to really become more than just a typical agent. Are you the next real estate marketing dude? Find out here next time on Real Estate Marketing Dude.